Okay. So, I have had a few things on my mind. And I just feel like so much is going on in the spirit that I am missing. And that's when I truly feel like I'm missing out on something. I don't ever, when I'm in the spirit, feel like I'm missing out on anything in the world. I just, I really don't. Like, I've felt it times before. But I got over that when I went back out into the world because I thought that I was missing something and I found that I was not missing anything. It's kind of like that when you back when you were back in school, every day you're at school, nothing is happening. It's just a normal day. And the one day you miss school, everybody's talking about all this different stuff that happened. But every day that you're there, the same things are happening and it doesn't feel like it, you're missing anything really. That's what it feels like with God. With God, it feels like when I'm in the spirit, you know, every day it feels like I'm, I'm, I, I like, this is where I need to be. This is where I want to be. I don't want to miss anything, but I feel like I could be missing something. Like the devil is always trying to tempt me and lie and say, you're missing out on this. You're missing out on that. God is always humbly reminding me, never being as thirsty as the devil is the devil is like listen this is what you're missing let me show you a little bit or he'll make something pop up like look come see this like i'm telling you and he's like he's so big on illusions and hype and you can never believe the hype with the devil but with god god is like you're not missing anything simply straight like that and when you're not in a might in a right spirit or when you're being enticed you feel like, but it don't feel like, why aren't you, you know, you almost want to question if you don't know God's character, why he is not so hype, why he isn't as hype as the devil is. Like, why don't you tell me about all the stuff I got here and what I'm not missing out on, you know, and what I will be missing out on if I left. And he's like, I don't need to do that. I don't need to tell you what you will be missing out on if you left. You know what you'll be missing out on. I'm not him. I don't do stuff like that. You need to know what you're here for. You need to choose this wholeheartedly. I don't have to convince you like a used car salesman. This is the best deal you're getting. You can't get it anywhere else because you should know that. And when you're confident in any decision that you've made, you're never needing to be convinced that much. A lot of times when we need to be convinced so much or we see so much promo, it's never what it seems like. It's never what it looks like. You cannot believe the hype. That's why it's a whole metaphor a whole term that's used don't believe the hype because you can never believe the hype ever and with God he's not ever hyping anything he tells you straight like it is and if your heart is not in the right place you say that sounds boring or you say that doesn't sound as fun as this does or I don't know if I'd rather do that and that's because you need to be in the mindset of trusting him. You need to be in the mindset of knowing what you're choosing, knowing what you have, knowing what he offers, knowing that you can't get it anywhere else. You have to know that if you're if you're always divided, you cannot worship two gods. If you're if the Bible says anyone with a divi- divided mindset is tossed to and fro not knowing where to go. You need to choose and you need to know what you want. So I talked about in a previous episode how somebody 
like I, not not somebody but like I talked about in a previous episode how I felt that God sometimes shows more respect to people who choose Satan and I didn't mean it like that the fact of the matter is he would never respect anyone who does not respect the truth but he will appreciate more for you to have chosen whether you are hot or cold. In Revelations, it says, he hates the lukewarm. He vomits them out of, her, out of his mouth. He would rather you have been hot or cold to choose a side. So what it seems like when I say that it feels like God has more respect for them is that he appreciates more that they know what they want and they stay on that side. They chose the devil. That's what they want. Yes, it was a dumb decision. And nobody respects, you know, anyone who chooses, you know, lesser than Alpha and Omega. That's not a respectful decision. Well, I don't feel that there's, my personal opinion is that there's nothing to respect out of that decision or in that decision. And there's no respect in it. But the fact of the matter is, at least you know you're cold. At least you know you're cold. You're not lukewarm. You chose to be cold, so I choose to be hot because I've been there, and I never was cold, but I was lukewarm, wondering if cold was the place to be. So I see that in God, and I noticed like I would get a little bit frustrated, sometimes a little envious, because also something I'm realizing is when I'm jealous and if I'm jealous of things because I feel there's no jealousy in my heart I'm not jealous of anybody or anything I am happy for you I want you to have everything that God has for you and then sometimes God has to check me he says you're jealous and I'm checked by his rebuke he rebukes me certain times when I do certain things or I slip into a certain mindset and I say, why did you rebuke me? It's how I feel. That's my feelings. Why would you rebuke me for being honest about how I feel? Because one thing that God will rebuke me for is not being honest about how I feel. Sometimes he will show mercy on me and not rebuke me, but he'll say, stay over there with, you know, what you're telling yourself until you decide to be honest how you feel. Then you can come over here. So... I'm rebuked for being honest, not being honest about how I feel. So some, sometimes I'll be rebuked, rebuked for being honest about how I feel. And I'll say, why would you rebuke me for being honest about how I feel? Like, what was that for? And he'll say, because it's jealousy. You're jealous. Sometimes he doesn't even want to tell me. He's like, I just rebuked you, period. Don't do it anymore. Don't Or don't keep doing it or you're going to be rebuked again. And... I'm like, I don't know why. And it's like, he doesn't want to hurt my feelings. He's showing mercy to my feelings. But then he'll just like, if I get so broken up about it and I'm like, why are you rebuking me? And I'm hurt about it and I want to dwell on it. He'll say, because you're jealous. It's jealousy. So when I realized that a few times, some a couple of times, I actually was like, no, I'm not jealous. That's not jealous. And I gave rebuked again. Like, yes, it is jealousy. Stop lying or just stop not being honest about your feelings because it's never lying because I'm not lying because 
First of all, I've been through that stage of lying, actually lying, and I was rebuked the entire time. I can't even finish the lie before I'm rebuked enough. I'm like, okay, I can't do it. All right, all right, I was lying. But it's more so I don't know that's what I'm feeling. And I truly believe that I'm telling the truth. And I am telling the truth. I'm telling the truth about what I think I know. I'm not telling the truth about what actually is. So I have been jealous a few times and I got rebuked by God because um, the Bible also says that. Well, I was just reading earlier in Proverbs. um, I'm going to go to it because, matter of fact, I'll just say it. Not word for word, but wickedness is something. Anger is another. But who can stand to envy? So you can be wicked, you can be evil as, you know, whatever. You can be the most evil anybody's ever been. You can be the most angry person anyone has ever met. But none of those two, even put together, have anything on envy and jealousy. So many different times you see criminal activity. You see all it, and that's a vague term. But you see murders, you see rapes, you see... The most heinous crimes done out of what? Jealousy. So, it's very dangerous. Jealousy is very dangerous. Satan was God's right-hand angel, made perfect in God's sight, had everything, was beautiful, you know, was trusted with so much, and he gave up all of that in heaven, born there. He gave it all up out of jealousy. Because of jealousy, jealousy is a very strong poison. It's a very addictive drug, and it is very dangerous. It'll be the quickest thing to drag you down. So I understand when God rebukes me for being jealous. The issue with being jealous for me is that now I wonder if I really am. I wonder if I really am. Like I said, God, you know, would tell me you are, and He'll rebuke me. You are, but the the issue with this is Satan loves this part because I've already gone through the stages of being rebuked for all of the past sin and the habits and. The actual like mindsets that I was in to the point where I'm coming out of those mindsets. I may still have remnants of them, but a lot of times I'm being rebuked for actions and not for actual lifestyles. It's not my lifestyle. I don't live a jealous lifestyle. It's not how I go about my day. So it's something I did, not something I am. And so when it happens... Because I am rebuked for also being enticed and lured and listening and participating in so many different things, I am confused at the time. Was it something I was enticed into, something that I was lured into, or something that I was tricked into doing? Because I will still be rebuked even though I was tricked into doing it. Because here's the thing. God told me early on. I said, God, why are you only rebuking me? Why are you only hurting me? Why don't you ever do anything to them? And God said, they are not of me. They are not my children. 
I'm responsible for my children. So when you're a parent and you have your child and let's say you take your child to a playground or to school and every kid on the playground or a bunch of kids on the playground are doing a bunch of things that are completely non-reflective of childlike behavior. They're being either grown or disrespectful or way out of line. Are you going to whoop everybody's children? Or are you going to whoop your child and tell your child what they should be doing despite what everybody else is doing around them? That's what God told me. He said, you're my child. I'm responsible for you. I cannot control all that they are doing. Well, he can, but he won't because of free will. They made their choice. But you, you are trained up. You know how to act. I'm rebuking you until you get it right. And yes, they're going to keep doing everything around you. Yes, they're going to keep provoking you even. And they're going to keep trying to pull you out and lure you into it. And they're even going to beat you up if you don't do it. You learn to fight for what's right. And that's when you're reflective of me. If you decide that everybody else is doing it and it's not my fault that I'm being lured into it or it's not my fault that they're doing it, it's not my fault that because everybody else is around it, do, around me doing all of this, that I get lured into this. If you decide that, then how do you expect me to protect you? Because it's only a matter of time before you're choosing to do whatever it is that they're doing willingly if you are not being checked right now, even if... It takes having to fight everyone in order to do what's right. Because there's going to be so many different things that you face for deciding not to be there. You know, sometimes you'll just be able to walk away from it. Other times you won't. Other times you'll have to learn how to act even in that situation. Even while being forced. You'll have to learn how to behave. Meaning... Let's say you're forced into, there, there are people in uh, third world countries who are forced into wars that, you know, represent all kinds of wicked things. They don't have a choice. A gun is forced into their hand as a child. They are, you know, turned against their parents, turned against, you know, their own village. And they're forced to, you know, behave like this. What would you do in that situation? Well, for one, you're going to do what it takes to survive. That's number one. But number two... You're going to no. number one is keep your values. Number two is do what it takes to survive. So that means if you love God enough, you'll find a way to still be noble, to still be, you know, who it is. You'll still find a way to stick up for what you believe in, despite what you have to do. So if you have to go out here and you have to force other children into this lifestyle, you don't have a choice or you'll or you'll die. But on the side, you are secretly showing them the way of God, showing them his ways, showing him, showing them hope for a better future. Therefore, instilling that there is a possibility that things can get better and that, you know. Okay, as I was saying, that's Proverbs 27, chapter 27, verse 4. Wrath is cruel. Anger is overwhelming. But who can stand before jealousy? So, as I was saying, unfortunately, the podcast cut out because of a phone call. But 
when you are in an unfair situation or unideal situation where you feel like there's no possible way to, it's almost impossible to be the person that God has built you up to be, or it's being made very hard for you to stand up for what's right, you're forced into a lifestyle that doesn't reflect righteousness or holiness. What you can do is still find a way no matter what, because all things are made possible with God, and he'll always make a way. So if you're listening to him and you're always keeping your eyes open and you don't just give up hope and you don't just say it's impossible, it can be done, this is what it has to be, and then allowing yourself to not even look for opportunities, that's not what he wants. What he wants is for you to keep your eye open for opportunities. But if that is who you are, God is in your heart and the opportunity will always find you. So my example was... Let's say you're a child soldier in a third world country or you're having to train up. You were a child soldier. Now you're having to train up other child soldiers to learn this lifestyle that you never wanted to be in. And you would you feel protective over others. You don't want others to have to be in it. It's unfair. It's an unfair situation. And it's definitely not godlike. But you find every opportunity to instill great values in a child or instill hope. Or be the person that they can lean on for good advice so that there's still, you know, a spirit of God placed in them through you. Or they are able to find God because of you lighting the way or because of you being an example. And even if you have to do it every blue moon or you can't do it as much as you want it to, God makes a way for you. He always makes a way. So... In that moment, he is saying, because he says it in so many different ways, he's God. He can always find a way to say it and get his point across. But in that moment, he's saying, I am in you and greater greater is in he than greater is in you than that is in the world. So you As I was saying again, before this phone call, I just broke this up again. But greater is in you than he that is in the world. So you learn that despite what everybody else is doing around you and despite how hard it is for you to be who you want to be in God, you are always made to find a way. And a lot of times, or you're you're always given a way and given an option and given an opportunity to do so. And many times you will ask God, why don't you just do something about them? Why don't you do something about the whole situation so that I'm not forced or so that it's not made so, or it doesn't feel so impossible. It's not made so hard for me to be who it is I want to be in you. And it's all part of it. Also, because God is persecuted, you will be persecuted too. And because he overcame the world, so will you. So that's all. That's always a part of every Christian's life, that you're going to have to learn how to be reprimanded by God. You, sometimes just you alone, you're going to be set apart. The very meaning of holy means to be set apart. You're going to be set apart. And you're going to have to learn that 
even when it's so unfair and there's so many different things going on around you and there's so many different things that you are pulled and enticed into, a lot of times you could have done more. You make a lot of mistakes. You're not perfect. Yet still, he's going to require you to have to endure. And a lot of times it's going to feel like you're being tripped up or you're being reprimanded. You're being disciplined or hurt or pulled out of things or kept from things while others are able to freely do these things. And the Bible says, never be envious of sinners. So I catch this a lot in the Bible. I'm going to talk about a few things I've caught a lot. God is telling me so many different times that to never be envious of sinners. And it seems that every single time he is rebuking me for jealousy. It's that very scripture that pops up in my heart. Then I go and I read my Bible and I'm reminded again. And I say to myself, am I really envious of them? And then he reminds me in my heart of different things I was doing when I was envious of these sinners. And it's a very dangerous thing to be. Because you get too envious of them and then you decide that you don't want to be good anymore. It's not worth it. It seems like it's better to be envious. The advantage that I have is that God is merciful on me. He loves me so much that he's never going to allow me to forget how worth it really is to be where I am. So a lot of times I'm avoiding being enticed into things because I don't forget he has it in my heart so deep. It's who I am. I can't forget. But another thing that also I am seeing in the Bible a lot, or not in the Bible, but a few prophets, I've heard them say this many times. You know, it was a few different people. Now I'm losing track of thought. But as I was saying, you don't be don't be envious of sinners. Don't be envious of the lifestyle that they're living. Don't say to yourself, you know, it's not fair. They get this, they get that. So many different times I catch myself saying, you know, it's I don't even feel like I'm jealous. I just feel that I am upset and I feel slighted. Like, God, you're doing this and you're allowing that to happen to me for this small thing and then they do that or I see other people who I I don't even know their their journey I don't even know what they're doing and where they're at so that's what that's what that's how I feel like I'm justifying how I feel because I say I'm not jealous of them I don't even know what they should or shouldn't have I am just upset at the fact that this is this and that is that meaning why does it feel like you know, you are providing these things, but I'm not being provided for. Why can't I have these things? And that is still jealousy. Because you never covet what someone else has. You have to just be confident in what God has for you, even when you cannot see it. And I've been, I've a lot of times, I've been so very good at that. Like, I've been so good at that in my heart and in my spirit. And it's just like who I am to like, not be really jealous of seeing other people's things. Even though I'm human, I have moments like that. I will never lie and say that I don't. It's just that when it comes down to it, you're not going to catch me being hung up on that fact. 
who I am inside is counting on and banking on who God is and what he's going to provide for me. Like, I feel that that is what got me to the place that I am now and also a big part of the favor that I have. Because instead of being hung up on what you have and being enticed into going to find that or get that or do that or allowing it to hinder me from my walk and my growth in the direction that God wants me in, I'd rather do that. I'd rather grow in the direction he wants me in. So on one hand, it's you have this, you have that. I see how you're doing this or how you can do that. Or I want to prove that I can have this or do that too. And I need that for myself or I just want to have it. Despite what God says he has waiting on me, I'm going to go in this direction and I'm going to go do this. But God has his hand out like, here, let me take you here. And even if I don't explain to you why you can't have that, I'm God has been so merciful and gracious to me that he oftentimes always tells me why I can't have it. And that's grace because there's been times where he's like, I'm not going to tell you why you can't have it. I'm not going to give you an answer on why you can't go in that direction, even though I know your heart's your heart really wants to know why and really wants that. I just want you to trust me and go this way. And I can say it's so much more pain involved with not knowing why and just trusting. But it's also so much strength built in that. So much faith built in that. So much trust built in that. And so much more power that he pours into you for having faith and having trust and deciding on him still. The times that God has told me, this is why you can't do it, and this is why you can't have it, and this is what's over there waiting for you if you decide to go that direction anyways. You know, I get back to, if I want, whether I decide to do it or not, the fact remains is that I was given an advantage by him even warning me. Some people aren't even warned. It's like, I try and figure out why God does things, but his ways are not our ways. So I would say to myself, maybe I can figure out the gist, the gist of it. Maybe I can get a, a just a overall view on why he did that. Maybe it was because your heart was going in that direction no matter what he said. It wouldn't have mattered what he told you. It wouldn't have mattered what warning he gave you. It wouldn't have mattered all the roadblocks he put in your way to stop you. He st- You still were going to do that, which is why he didn't even warn you. He let you see for yourself. But I don't even believe that because there's been times my heart was just like that, hard-hearted. I'm going this way anyways. doesn't matter what you say. I'm doing this. And he still took the opportunity to give me that opportunity. He still gave me the opportunity to decide what I wanted to do. And oftentimes, I can say more times than not, I decided that, you know what, God, no matter how much I want that, or no matter how, you know, how dedicated I, w- I feel that I would be in that direction, go that direction, I'm just going to trust you this time. That came after a lot of times of falling on my face, or at least one good time. But regardless, like, I was there. Like, I was, like, right before taking that step towards it. Like, I'm almost there. I just got to open the door. And God is like, are you sure you want to do that? Sometimes he tells me why. Other times he doesn't. And it's so much harder to take your hand off that doorknob when he's not telling you why. So it's mercy, it's grace for him to be warning you. That is grace. Because there have been times where he's not even going to tell me why. And I have to just know, like, 
he's going to let you do it anyways, right? And he didn't tell you why. Maybe you should use that wisdom and discernment, or maybe you should think about this a little more. You know, you can go and do it, and he will still protect you. He loves you. He'll still love you. I mean, he's going to protect you, but he may not protect you from what you need, what needs to happen in order for you to see that's not the door you wanted to be going through. But so many different times, like it's the hurt, that pain, like I really, really want this and you're written. And I asked you for it. And like, why can't you give it to me? And it's right here and I can have it. And I really want it. And you're trying to make up and justify all these reasons why you should be turning that doorknob. But you say to yourself, it hurts so much. And I literally have no explanation no excuse to justify in the opposite direction and all these excuses to go this way and despite you saying just no and so many of us go anyways but to take your hand off that doorknob even though it's just a no and you're heartbroken not getting what it is you thought that you should have you're heartbroken to walk away from an opportunity to have it you're heartbroken that out of all the times you prayed and asked for this opportunity, God still doesn't allow you to have it even when it's set before you. And it's heartbreak taking your hand off of that doorknob. But you do it anyways, and there's so much more power and trust poured into you from God when it happens. Trust me, I know. I remember the most heartbreaking the most devastating thing that ever happened to me in my life. And I'm actually in the midst of that as well right now. But just the most devastating thing that has ever happened to me before now and still might be at the top of the list of the most devastating things that ever happened to me. After it happened, everything in me should have been and almost would have been completely turned away and off from God. Satan almost is just like, this time, I'm going to sit back with my legs crossed, feet kicked up, excuse me, arms crossed, feet kicked up, because the work already done for me. She's not going to do anything God says after this. That's it for her. I promise you, it's going downhill. She's going to do everything I want her to do, and I won't even have to be there to make sure it happens. I, I felt that he didn't even put any more pressure on me after that because he was just so sure. That's it for her. She would not trust God after this. All of those prayers, all of that faith that she was having in him, and he let this happen? Oh, yeah, I don't got to do nothing. And he sat back. I felt it. He was out of the way for once. But I was so hurt. I was so hurt that I couldn't even, like, enjoy the fact that he was finally out of the way for five minutes. I was so hurt. I was like, I don't care that he's out of the way. I don't care that he ain't never been out of the way this much. I don't care. This hurts. Why would God be out of the way to let this happen? Where are you? Where were you? And that in that moment, I felt the closest to God that I've ever been. And even in my heart, I'm like, wow. Out of what just happened, what should have happened is I should have completely given up completely. This should have been, you know, the hay that broke the camel's back. This should have been it. Like, this should, and it wasn't even a hay, it's an anchor. 
you know, this should have been that. This should have completely broken my faith, completely destroyed it. But instead, I trust him so much more now. Instead, I feel him so much closer to me. He's hugging me right now. Like, I felt him, his presence on me, hugging me. I did not even cry. I didn't even cry. And I'm very tough. And that was a tough situation. I should have been crying my eyes out. I didn't even cry. I couldn't cry because he wouldn't let me cry because his presence, you know, kept all of that. And he talked to me. He said to me, after him comforting me, you know, before I, you know, because in that moment, you can just lash out. You can just go the opposite direction and not even give yourself a chance to think over the situation and everything that's going on. And that's what Satan was expecting because he was expecting me not to ever think. Why else would he have sat back? If I was ever going to think about it, he was going to be right there in my thought process. Yeah, but this. Yeah, but that. Yeah, but why didn't he do this? And he sat back because he didn't expect for me to even think about it. This time, she won't think before she does things. And then that's when God just covered me. He covered me and he comforted me. He didn't even say a word. He just gave me a spirit of sureness, sure of who he was, sure of what he's doing, sure of who I am, and sure of what I should be doing and why things happen the way that they did. And then once I calmed down enough, which honestly was never a perfect time for that, but it's never going to be a perfect time for things like this. Things that really break your heart, that really break you. It's never going to be a perfect time to calm down enough to think things clearly. He allowed me the opportunity to be in his presence. I wasn't calm enough, but I was... The the conversation, clearly it was time for that conversation when it happened because that's what he had decided. I just remember feeling like I was cuddled up in God's arms as we had this conversation. And he said to me, you have a choice right now. He said, now, you know, that you've been comforted and that I've kept you, you know, and you know that I'm here. Now you can get mad at me. Now you can tell me what you want to do, how you feel like doing it, and you can be upset. Now get upset. And he gave me the opportunity. And at first I was just like, I don't want to be upset. I don't want to be upset, God, because I know that I was wrong. I know that I was wrong because you have warned me. For so long, you warned me every day, all day. You took the time out to warn me and I ignored you and I ignored you and I ignored you. And the louder you got, as I got closer to my wrong decision, I ignored you. I knew better. I knew better. So despite how unfair the situation is, how this doesn't even happen to most people. It's just a simple fact that you, I had a responsibility to what you said to do Like, I see now that there's people out here who are wicked, who don't have, you know, a lot of love, a lot of fear for you, fear of you. And you try to protect me from getting into the hands of somebody like that. And I push you away. I was wrong. 
And I realized I had to take full responsibility for the part that I played. Even though every part of you, especially when you're immature, wants to be like, it doesn't matter. That's not fair. This doesn't happen to anybody, but it happens to me. And what about how faithful I was? I don't know. One time I make a mistake and it wouldn't have been a one time. It would have been a bunch of mistakes if I was considering all of them. But still, like this thing, it feels so unfair and like it should have never happened. And when you realize, well, in the presence of God, he made me realize and like it should have never happened, right? And guess what? That's what I was trying to prevent from happening because it should have never happened. That's when I realized I had to take responsibility. But on top of that, because that's when God was actually still guiding me, because this is how you know how much he loves us. He knows that, you know, he's right. He's right and I'm wrong. And that's that. I shouldn't even get that much. He's being so merciful and so gracious and so careful over my feelings that he's even just like, you know, easing me into it still when he didn't have to. He didn't have to be careful over my feelings at that point. He didn't have to be merciful and gracious. He didn't have to walk me step by step, inch by inch into you know, that conversation, the realization of that, it could have just been like, boom, everything hard after that, everything, it had hit me like that. But the realization of what happened, because I was still in shock, the realization of what happened after that could have been so hard. It could have been just everything hard. But instead, it was just, I was eased into it. So then after I realized I had to take full responsibility for the part that I played, because even though there are unfair situations out here, you'll never beat who God wants you to be unless you realize that you have the power to keep yourself out of them as long as you submit to his power and listen to him when he tells you things. So it's your responsibility to just obey even when you don't feel like you agree or you don't know why you have to or it doesn't make sense. That's your responsibility to be obedient. So that was the first half. And the second half was, okay, now let's address. And this is how God trained me up to be able to deal with my emotions correctly. I'm not all the way there, but I'm so far ahead than a lot of people. And I don't like to say that because that doesn't matter. But I'm so far ahead than what I could be. And this is how God trains your just how God trained me up how to deal with my emotions. First take responsibility, you know, apologize and repent to him because everything that you go through, he goes through 10 times over, especially considering that he did everything in his power to keep you from that and keep that from happening to you. So all the pain that you feel, you know, on top of that to blame him, like imagine how would you feel? How would you feel if you did everything in your power to stop something from happening and then the second it happens, it's all your fault? I know how I feel when it happens. That's one of my pet peeves or has been one of my pet peeves for a while. It's like he's getting rid of that as well, though, because that's too much control for the devil to have. But 
one of the pet peeves has been, you know, when I do everything in my power to make sure a plan goes according to plan. And then everything falls or fails after every second of monitoring and saying, hey, don't do this. Hey, don't do that. You know, and trying to make sure something doesn't fail or, you know, somebody does what they're supposed to do. And you tell them, don't hit that. And then they hit it anyways. And then everything crumbles. And the plan crumbles. And you wanted with all your heart for it to go the right way. You hoped for it to go the right way. That's what you wanted. But you knew what would happen if they didn't listen. And so... Every time that happens with me, I get so mad. I used to get so mad. I got so mad to the point where I'm like, I'm not planning anything anymore. I'm not planning anything because every single time I plan something, I tell somebody this will happen and I tell them why not to do it. And they're like, okay, okay, you're right, you're right. And then they do it anyways. And then everything is ruined. And I'm just done with everything. I'm just done. So I know how I feel. That's how God feels, except... 10 times whatever we feel, a million times whatever we feel because he's God and he sees everything, every detail. Like the part we're mad about is only the part we can see as far as. So it's like I only saw 20% of what actually happened when this plan failed and he saw everything. You don't see that till 10, 20 years down the line, how much that really affected. And he sees it all at once, once it's failed. So you have to understand he's so much more upset about everything than we could ever be. And I realized that. So the worst thing you can do for yourself, though, because he is God. He's sure. He knows you and what you need. The worst thing you can do for yourself is blame him on top of that because it's going to keep you away from him. And what you definitely need in this moment after everything has crumbled is his support and his guidance. You have his support, but you need his guidance for sure, because otherwise you're going to keep doing that. So after, after, you know, I dealt with that, after I took responsibility and I decided not to blame him, he's like, but we're still going to deal with If you were to blame me, not if you were to blame me, because not if you were to blame me as if you don't still have the opportunity or decision to blame me right now. But let's deal with that. The blaming me part. And he says, so what are you going to do now? How are you going to move forward? Because he knows me. He knows that I can like hit a switch in my mind right now, hit a switch in my heart. I really can't, but I can if he doesn't keep me. So there can be a switch that goes off where it's like, okay, that's it. No more caring. No more, you know, fearing God. No more consulting with him about anything. Now, I'm about to do all the worst stuff I see people doing. I'm about to go down that route. All this time I've been saying, I could be that. I could be worse. I don't deserve this. Now I'm about to be worse. I'm about to be that. Like, why not? Because it's there. And if I had been that, you know, maybe the same thing would have happened, but it would have made sense by then. It just doesn't feel like it. I deserve that. 
it doesn't make sense. And God is like, so you can do that. And it's amazing how God's talking to me right now because he is so scared. He's scared for me. I don't like to call God scared. He fears nothing. But he does fear losing his children. He fears that. So he was so afraid that he would have lost me in this moment. He would have lost me forever. He was afraid of that. He knew he wouldn't. But he was afraid of the possibility. I won't say the possibility because I think God's, well, I know God knows he works differently than we do. He is not us. He is not a man. So he knows it on a different level. He knows what's going to happen. But at the same time, knows that I need this right now. And also knows that I don't have to have this right now still. And it could still happen like that. He could do whatever he wants. So he's just perfect. He's going to do what needs to happen for based on what has happened, what is happening, and what's going to happen in your future. And he knows exactly what needs to go where at what time. And his timing is perfect. So it's amazing when I think back on that because at the time I couldn't see it. But I could. Like I felt it, but I didn't know it. Well, I knew it. But I couldn't see it. I don't know how to explain it. It's like I was was still blind. I was still deaf. I was still ignorant. But his presence kept me. This is what I'm saying. Like he had placed a spirit on me that knew all of this stuff. Even though I didn't know I knew it. Like that's faith. That's what faith is. So... He had given me faith in that moment because I have faith, of course, you know, but he can give you faith. He can give you faith because in that moment, I felt like my faith is way too fragile right now. My faith is fragile, but here I am having an actual conversation with God and I realized that I am or no, I didn't. I didn't really realize it, but I realized it. That's what I mean. So. He's like, what are you going to do? You can go this way. You can do that. And imagine laying in God's arms as he's talking to you like this. That's just how he handled me. But he didn't have to handle me like that. He could have said, hey, you see what just happened. Go on and do what you're going to do and see what happened next time again. Either you're going to decide that you learn from that or you're just going to keep doing what you're doing. But he coddled me like not coddled. He comforted me, he held me, and he kept me. And he didn't have to handle me like that. And he told me who I could be. Because he said, I want to do it. He didn't let the devil do it. The devil was nowhere in this conversation. He kept him from me throughout this entire experience because... He's that's how much God loves us. That's how much he loves us. He's like, uh-uh, not right now. She's fragile. And this has happened. So, you know, stay over there. And the devil was like, I ain't even got to do nothing. I don't even care that you're doing that. Because usually he'd be like, you know, still trying to find any old way in. This time he's like, nah, I just wait by the door. She'll be on her way out. 
So you could just like that's his arrogance and what has happened to me and what he has allowed to happen. And then also his lack of confidence in my faith in God and my confidence in God. And that just shows where I was at. You know, it doesn't, but it does because he's a liar. He doesn't know anything. But at the same time, you know, I should have never been in a space where my confidence or faith in God could have been doubted that much. Even though sometimes he won't do it because of that. But I felt it. So God is like, at this time, I am just still in shock. But so hurt and still trying to work through my emotions and my feelings and taking responsibility and trying to be mature and still surprised and like, wow, I'm really being mature because I'd have been like not here. I, I'm, I'm still kind of not here right now. And like God is like. This is what you could do and gave me what the devil would have gave me. That's how you know God is like, uh-uh-uh. Let me tell her. I'll do it. I'll do it. That's how I feel like he did the devil. Like, no, no, no. I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to try to introduce to her. Let me do it. I'll give it to her. Since I know that's what you're going to do. And he's like, it's amazing because when I look back on the situation, I feel like God was like, you know, not really wanting to to give it to me. Like, I don't want her. I don't want her to, you know, what if she takes it? You know, I want her to move forward, but God is the truth. So he's like, not really, not throwing it at me, but like hesitantly handing me this. And here. This is going to be an option for you, you know, but doing it his way where you're going to know the option is there for you. And I'm not even going to try and convince you not to do it. Not that much where it's like I need to hurry up and get, you know, like he he kept me, he protected me, but he didn't have to do a lot of janky stuff where he was like, but look, this is what happened if you don't. This is what happened if you do. He still stayed himself. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. He still stayed himself. He handed me that. But hesitantly, because he had fear of losing me to it. And when he gave it to me, I was like, so sad, really. <laughs> but still in a place where I can receive this right now. And actually had this conversation because of him. And I'm like, oh, you know, I didn't even think of that. I could do that. You know, that's pretty messed up. Nah, I could never. And it, I swear it was a split second. It was a split second where it felt like that would have been it right there. That would have been my future right there. I don't say it would be my future. I don't want to say that much. I don't know. But that would have been that switch right there. That was the moment where I reached back into my heart and I grabbed something. I grabbed the real me, the things who I really am. Because 
that wouldn't have been me. But at that time, I was in a place, in a mindset where it's like, who cares about being me? Because being me didn't stop this from happening to me. And it almost doesn't matter if things like this happen in this world. Why do I have to even try? But I reached back. I felt it. It was in the back. But it was like a light that was still there. And it wasn't even like blinking. Because I don't want to take too much credit off of it. It was shiny. It was just so little. And I reached and I grabbed it and I said... I can't do that. And I amplified it. I blew it up because it was so small where it's like, you know, I could. I really could, but I can't. I can't because at that moment I had the opportunity. Crush it, turn dark, black heart, or amplify it and allow the rest of your heart to catch up. So I chose that. And then, because the devil will always try and trick you, make you feel like, well, you knew that you would get this if you did that, or you did it because of this, and you did it because of that. No, but then, after God let me decide and I made the right decision, did he say, and now here? Because you made the right decision, here is what I'm giving you. And in that moment, he laid it all out. I believe that's when, because I don't want to say I came into a covenant with God, but I heard God say something about a covenant, but he laid out the terms. He said, because you made the right decision, I'm going to give you more power, but this is what you need to know. What you need to know is you are not getting this power because I needed you to make that decision. You're getting this power because you chose to make that decision despite opportunity to make another one. And don't think that, you know, I'm bribing you because of that decision. Because I'm not always going to give you power for making the right decisions. You very well could have not gotten anything. You could have been left where you were. I didn't have to even, you know, I didn't even have to handle you the way I handled you. So I don't want you to get too inflated. I don't want you to have an inflated sense of self after receiving this power. I don't want you to feel like now, I I know what I got to do now. You know, I know the formula. I go, I make the right decisions and I get, you know, power. I get good things. I get all this. I get all that. He gave me so much that day. I'm telling you. Like, but I was in a place where... You know, I'm not going to lie. What he gave me was like, actually, that could, that does make everything better. But it still doesn't. Because even though he gave me so much, it can't make everything better right now. Because what he's saying is stay humble. If you let this make everything better, you're going to expect that to make everything better. You need to still deal with everything just like you didn't receive that. Because this is what I'm deciding to do right now. That doesn't mean I'm going to decide to do that every single time. So I realized what he was saying that moment. I said to myself, I wanted to be so mad at that before I even wanted to be so mad at the fact that everything had happened to me. So oftentimes I find myself 
very upset at the responses God give me and how he lays it all out for me rather than, you know, what was done to me. Because I feel like maybe it is a part of me that's kind of spoiled because I say, God, why do you have to be so straight? I don't want to say harsh. I don't want to say harsh. He's not harsh. He's perfect. But why do you have to tell me that? Why do you have to, you know, add that? Like, why do I have to deal with that on top of what I'm dealing with? Like, it feels like adding insult to injury, but it really doesn't. But it's just like, I don't want to, I don't want to hear you say that. I want to hear you like baby me and be like, here, I'm sorry this happened to you. But he didn't say that. He said here, but be careful because you know why this happened to you. Well, you may not know why this happened to you, but you need to take responsibility for why this happened to you. And... There very well may be very hard situations in the future and you're not going to always get a, you know, a gift for it. You're not always going to get a, you know, a blessing. You may very well just have to walk away with whatever hurt or pain you dealt with, suck it up and learn how to get through that. I'm going to always be here, but not always with a gift. So don't expect it. And I was hurt by that answer because I said to myself, after what I'm just going through, that's what I want you to say. I kind of want you to say a little bit a part of me, you know, unrealistically wants you to say, and every single time you ever get into any trouble after this, you're going to get a gift just like it. But no, that's not who God is. (laughs) That's not who God is. He's perfect. He's saying you are not special. You are special to me, but you are not special. So don't let this make you think that you are in that way where, where you are able to somehow avoid or what is the word I'm looking for? Where you're able to disobey the rules or be disobedient and not have to deal with what everybody else will have to deal with or even sometimes not even what everybody else has to deal with worse what nobody has to deal with just you and that just be that like and I just felt like that's not fair for you to say to me right now that's how I felt and God was like well I said it and that's what I mean and so you still have that opportunity to choose what you wanted to do. If that's, I mean, not what you wanted to do. It wasn't what I wanted to do. But you still have that opportunity to go the other way. That's always that too. So it's like, I love God's realness. Because he's like, you know, I'm giving you this. Maybe I'll take it back. Maybe No, he didn't say I'll take it back. He never said I'll take it back. I'm giving you this not because I feel bad for you. I did what I did. And yeah, I'm responsible for that. And I know why I did it. And now you know why I did it. And whether you understand or not, it's done. And (laughs) 
I can't lie. I asked him to take it back. I said, he said, what do you want? Anything you want. And, well, he didn't say that, but it's like I could have asked for anything in that moment. I could have. And, no, 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 that's not what happened. Excuse me, my fault. What happened was when he gave me that, I was like, that is great. But, you know, it would be so great in this moment if you could just take it back. If it could just be like it never happened. And God is like, so you don't want this? I'm like, and that too. Because I didn't want to give it back, no. But I just wanted, you know, everything. I always want everything. And a lot of times God always gives me everything. But he was like, no. I know I made the right decision. I'm standing on what I did. And I was like, how could you say that? But he, like, he meant it. And, like, I have this power, but I also have this, like, thing, this realization. Like, everything changes from now on. Everything is completely different, like. Everything, And I'm going to see that the longer time goes on, how real this really is. And it, I get sadder thinking about the years into this, like everything that comes with this. And, you know, I have this and I'm telling you, God's gifts are so great that, you know, I can't say it was equal because there's no way to compare. He's so creative that it's like they're in two different lanes. It's not equal to what happened to me. It could be even be like so much better, so much greater than what happened to me. But it's not. It's just perfect. And I was just like, you know, that's great. But like you said. How can I get happy about a gift when I can't use it to somehow subside what I've just been through? It's not for that. It's for me doing something trustworthy, which was making the right decision, even when everything, everything in the world, everything in my soul, not everything, But everything around me, my circumstances, really screamed, you don't owe God anything now. You don't have to do anything right anymore ever. Do everything wrong, you know. And if you did, he loves you so much, you could just take full advantage of that. Like, just be horrible. But I wasn't stupid. And that's not true. I'm just saying that's what my that's what everything around me screamed, and I could have done that. But I didn't. I decided that you know I'm still not gonna do that because I would never want what I, what happened to me to ever happen to anybody else ever again. So if anything, I'm not gonna put this energy into the opposite which is inflicting this pain on someone else or ensuring that I see other people hurt because I'm hurting 
Instead, I'm going to put this pain and and turn it into power. I'm going to decide to make sure every, like, I do everything in my power, if possible, because I have to be humbled and realize, like, that's what that situation did. It humbled me and made me realize you don't have control over everything. Things are not going to go your way because you just want them to all the time. So that situation humbled me so much where it's like I may very well not even have the power I see now to even stop or prevent. Excuse excuse me. Stuff like this from happening to people or somebody else. But I'm going to do everything in my power to do so. With God. So I can't lie. My I knew it was with God, but in my heart, I wasn't considering with God at the time because I was still so hurt. Like, how could you let, how could you do this? How could you do this? But I knew I wasn't letting go of God. I just didn't want to say it. And so that's when God gave me the, the power and when he gave it to me. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but I knew what it was. But I still didn't know at all what it was. But I felt it. And because of the humility that God had instilled in me, like, I had realized, like, every bad situation is not going to come with a gift to make things up for. So I take this and I take it for what it is. Definitely grateful, not giving it back. Not saying I don't want it or anything. Like, I want it, I'm grateful, and I'm happy for it. But this is not making up for that. And that's not in a disrespectful way. I mean, at the time, it very well could have been. But like I said, I was dealing with the thing. So that means that I was already in a mindset that, you know, despite how I feel, I still have to respect God for who he is and and trust him and re- and learn from this point on that he is always right and to be obedient. I'll avoid things like this. This is, I don't want to say it's my fault, but I do have to take responsibility for the part I play. And the most horrible part about everything, though, Because it's complicated, but the horrible part about it all is realizing it's really not your fault. It's really not your fault. It's not, you know, but it is. Why is it your fault? Because you know better. You know right from wrong. And if you have been doing what it is, even when you don't know right from wrong, if God has been warning you against things, or if you know you're being disobedient to God, When you know that you're doing that, you know what you're risking out here, period. Just like you go into a bank, you could either get away with it or you can go to jail. You know what you're risking if you rob that bank. That's what I mean. If you go, you know, jump out of a plane, you know the risk. Like, it doesn't matter the odds. It doesn't matter the probability of the situation. What are you risking? You're risking dying. You're risking dying with a lot of different things. We take risks every day. And a lot of us count on God despite the risk that we're taking to keep us and carry us no matter what. That was me. 
And just because you count on God doesn't mean it's always going to go the way you go you want it to go. So that means even if I was doing everything right, it wouldn't have been different. Or even if I had been doing, you know, because I could have actually done something more right. But whether I was doing everything right or everything wrong, regardless, you know, God is who he is. And this is... This this is not to be compensated for is what I'm saying. Because in life, there's going to be a lot of unpredictable things happening. And you're not always getting compensation for it. Meaning, if you always expect since something super bad happened, something so bad happened. So I got to have a blessing coming. That's not always true. And it sucks. It really sucks because I realize like, so if you could do this. And even though you're saying, even though I'm giving this, like I have this right now, you said be humble and be sober-minded. And sober-minded means next time something way worse could happen and I can get nothing. And you're very well capable of that. And it, I have to be more obedient and learn to be better. But mistakes are made and I'm already a sinner. So there's really no... There's a way to increase my chances of preventing things like this from happening. But if it ever so happens that there was nothing I could do to prevent it from happening and you still decided that that was the right thing to happen to me, just like Job, it's not always going to be a really good news come after it. It's not always going to be a really good blessing that comes after that. And when we get stuck in that mindset as Christians to decide, you know what? Every single time something bad happens to me, that's okay because I just know something good is coming. That mindset is very dangerous and toxic because that's not always what happens. Something bad really happens, something really, really bad happens, and nothing good comes. And you are like, I hate God. I forget God. I don't need God. Because why, you know, this happened, nothing good is happening. Then you start blaming God. Then you stop taking responsibility for your obedience to him. And you just start going all different kinds of ways and you get tossed around by the devil. So that's why it's a dangerous mindset to have. And that's why he laid it right out, straight out like that, like, I don't want to instill a mindset in you that makes you feel like blessings are always going to come after bad news. Because when they don't, then you're going to be trying to hold me responsible as if I enabled that kind of mindset. And I'm not enabling it. So I had to take it like for what it was. Like this is a beautiful spiritual gift. But I got to take it. I have to accept this gift. Just like I accepted this pain, like imagine if I got this spiritual gift on any day for nothing. That's how I have to accept it. And it's pain the same way. Not because a blessing is automatically coming after it. Not because I feel like I didn't deserve it. All these other things, I have to be sober-minded in my judgment. And that's also something he blessed me with. So... Moving forward, I realized what happened that day, even though I realized I had to deal with the situation that was at hand. 
And that being both halves of it, the the spiritual gift he had given me and the pain that I was, you know, having to do it. I still all the way don't know what all he gave me that day. But I think I have a gist of it. So I saw like heavens open up. So I believe he expanded my kingdom that day. He he gave me a bigger castle with a whole bunch of stuff, like a bunch of money, a bunch of power. The money thing is the power or not really, but it's like power is currency in heaven. So in here too, but I just saw heavens open up and expand from my right side. And just the sun started shining on me. It was so beautiful. When I saw all of that had, was given to me, it was not just the my kingdom got expanded. I was given so much power, but it also came with so much more responsibility. But I wanted that. Like, I wanted all of that. It was great. When he had given me that, I was like, that's a lot to take in as well as this. And on separate levels right now, because this is in the spirit. Like, if I were worldly, I would have been like, what is that to this? What I have to deal with? Like, what I'm dealing with is flesh. You know, I'm dealing with a flesh battle. And what you're giving me is spiritual. So if I weren't already in a right mindset, I don't even think I would have seen it as a real gift. I would have seen it as how valuable as it really was. That was also a test of character. Not only just giving me the opportunity to decide before I got anything or before I ever knew I was going to get anything. Also, what was given to me. If he had decided to give that to me, which I don't think he would have decided. To, obviously, he wouldn't have given to me if I didn't already make the right decision. Because if I didn't already make the right decision, I wouldn't have seen what was most important. Therefore, if I wouldn't have been able to see what was most important, I wouldn't have ever been able to see what he had given me. It wouldn't have meant anything based off the decision that I made. So everything goes along with what it was already decided and the choices I already decided to make. So when I'm trying to figure out the formula on how God does things, that's my vague definition of it. Because it's way more intricate god knows but my vague definition is when you make the right decision everything else that god is doing for you or is for you aligns with it whatever decision you make right or wrong it aligns with it so if i had decided to become a bad person and let my heart go dark and let that light be put out by what happened in my heart Everything that would have come after that would have been worldly and therefore my spirit would have been starved. And with a starved spirit is people out here doing some crazy stuff and they are very sad, very unhappy and dead, spiritually dead. But since I decided that I wasn't going to let this worldly experience or this flesh and blood battle starve my spirit, it was fed I'm talking about forever. Like what God had given me, I'll never starve. Ever. So 
the gist of what I feel like that is, is the ability to like conjure up power. Like I can draw power from God at any time, at all times, like a bank account that he added me to. I can just draw power from him at all times, at any time, no matter what I want. I mean, no matter what it's, no matter what I do. And I also feel like that aligns with the decision I already made because, like he said, I'm trusting you with this to make the right decision because I was able to trust. Like, it built his trust in me when I made that right decision. When I chose to still be a good person for the rest of my life and not go the other direction, he decided that I was going to make the right decisions moving forward. I was going to know where to find my heart in them and choose the right decisions moving forward. Therefore... He trusted me with the ability and the responsibility to be able to pull power for whatever decision that I make from him directly. Now, that doesn't mean he can't automatically cut me off. But like he said, he trusted me. So I don't feel like he had intentions on doing that because he trusts me more now. He trusts me to only pull power from him for the right things. Or for something he would approve. He trusted my heart. So I also heard a few prophets say something about you're anointed because of your heart. You have favor because of your heart. And I realize a lot of people don't want to acknowledge all the power that I really have been given by God. That's okay. Because if it were about that, I wouldn't have it. But... It's more than favor. It's more than anointing. It's my best definition for it is chosen vessel. But it's so much more than anybody even understands or knows at this point, even myself. So there's really no word for who I am to God. I am his child. We're all his children. But for the plans he has for my life and for the position I have in his kingdom, there's no words. I was born a demon hunter, but ever since he has been pouring so much into me and trusting me with so much, I have many different responsibilities in his kingdom. So it's intense, but I'm absolutely grateful because a lot of times, I was not getting hung up on all the work I was putting in. I was doing that because of my heart. And it's a good thing because he didn't even tell me everything I was getting for.